0: Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are.
1: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan.
0: And I'm Jordan.
1: And this is Flyover Ministry. Welcome to Pumpkin Spice Latte Month. Jordan, are you one to partake of pumpkin spice products?
0: Nope, not particularly. I'll do Those pumpkin guys... pie, but I—I I, for the pumpkin spice products, you have to like the products that the pumpkin spice tends to be in. And as a non-coffee mm. drinker, that's a lot of the product, so...
1: Yeah, I echo that. How about uh, pumpkin bars?
0: Yeah, I'll eat a pumpkin
1: bar now and then. With the cream cheese frosting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry here. Uh, <laughs> those are delicious. I also do not imbibe of coffee. So here you're listening to a podcaster- podcast of two guys who are in ministry who don't drink coffee, so maybe that disqualified us in your books. But welcome Formerly to October. belonging
0: to a Lutheran kind of scandinavian heritage body until this comes out we are disbarred
1: (laughs) disbarred uh and just driven driven out of our churches with torches and pitchforks etc that's fine they can go back to their folders i don't really care (laughs) what we are looking at here uh for the month of october is the topic of hiring staff and how smaller churches and rural churches can go about that and Uh, I would wager here, and this is just speaking generally, uh, I think statistically, you're not going to have a church with more than one person formally on staff. Jordan, would you say that that's a fair assessment?
0: For a lot of the smaller congregations?
1: Yeah, just thinking of like a random town in South Dakota. So
0: with a clarification of, does that include like a part-time secretary or not? Well, I would
1: say anybody that you might find on the staff page, like, is this gotcha. somebody that's pictured there and is receiving some form of income, whether uh, everything from monetary gifts as like a thanks for doing this to part time, quarter time, full time, you know, whatever that looks like. Sure. Um, you know, are are you officially, formally recognized as part of the church's leadership and staff? And I would say that. Uh, beyond just the pastor. Maybe the secretary is recognized as being church staff, if there's more than one. Uh, but beyond that, I would say, I mean, it's pretty rare, at least from my observation, to see a volunteer youth worker on a staff page.
0: Sure, yeah. Then I think there's healthy recognition to say that that it might change church to church, and also change, like, uh, if we're approaching volunteer, that might not be listed unless like they see that as a big draw. Um, but if you have a paid staff person, I think that's more likely to be represented on a page.
1: Mm-hmm. So the topic we're talking about today for this week is to have a church assess the needs of its own ministry as it looks to potentially even hire or, you know, bring somebody else new on staff. And I think of uh, some of our mutual friends, Jordan, who are in a position where Uh, They're the pastor and his wife at a church. They're looking at the needs of the church, and they are just looking at this and saying, you know, uh, the youth ministry is kind of placed on our shoulders for the time being, and we want to have a youth ministry, but we logistically just can't do this on our own, and we need help. And I think any length of time that you're in youth ministry, you will almost certainly come to that conclusion as well. The, The work is just too great for one person. So it would be beneficial for you to at least bring on uh, a volunteer, if not re-evaluate and, and move some funds around to actually hire somebody full-time. Um, how long ago was it, that Jordan, that we had Molly Barsness on here? Uh, I mean, was it within the last calendar year?
0: I think... Um. Yes, it would have been because she, I think, was a part of our group. Um, at the last youth worker weekends when we did the the group conversation, so I she would have been as right. a part of that. And she was, I think, one of our. Was she our first repeat guest? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know. I don't know if we've ever
1: had another repeat guest. So shout out Molly. Hey Molly, <laughs> how's it going? Yeah, she, she, hopefully you can she you answer. can
0: respond to that question on our Facebook page.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully she's, <laughs> I mean, if she's listening to this in her car, she, she just didn't respond <laughs> to, to nobody in particular. Um, no, seriously, in all seriousness, we're looking at how a church can go about uh, figuring out how to fill a position like this, how to make a position like this for bringing on more staff, uh, not necessarily even just for youth ministry, but maybe you're looking at somebody for uh, digital ministry. Uh, bringing somebody on to manage your social media pages and your website and your newsletter and bulletins and everything like that. Maybe you're looking to bring on children's ministry. Maybe you're looking to bring on somebody that can help you lead worship. Whatever position you're looking at, that is kind of what we want to talk about today. So uh, my suggestion here, I'll just kick us off as we're looking at our outline for, for this, is for you as a church to take more than just one meeting, but to take maybe a couple of months to prayerfully and consistently meet, to pray and to have a conversation about the future of where your church is. Like where is it that you feel like God is calling you? Where is he leading you? Uh, What are the needs of not just the people within your church, but also in the needs of the community, right? Um, I think about a handful of churches that I talked to about youth ministry and they would say, well, we don't really have a youth ministry because we don't have teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of the throwback question that I give them is, well, do you want a youth ministry? Right? Do you, is, is bringing on teenagers not just to fill seats, but is reaching the next generation an important part of the mission for you as a church? So for you as leadership to be able to sit down and talk, uh, you as a pastor, you as... Uh, maybe a concerned member, maybe you're part of the church's, uh, part of the church board, one of the elders, one of the deacons, or whatever title your church gives people like that. But um, how can you start having conversations like this? And how can you start moving forward? But it's having a serious conversation about the vision and the future of the ministry at your church.
0: Yeah. And I think that you need to really spend time investing in that vision because that that's the direction of where you as a congregation and recognizing here too we're we're talking to congregation leaders here this is this is the congregation coming together to understand what do we feel the lord is calling us to as a congregation to emphasize to focus on and if the congregation isn't clear on that direction and that um, momentum that they want to go or where they want to take it, then you're going to have differing, different unspoken expectations of what this ministry is going to look like, uh, which will result in people looking for different qualifications and different abilities of the candidates. Um, and even if you do get somebody, uh, just that lack of clarity can be really frustrating for them as they serve. Um, and for, for the congregation, as they anticipated the service happening in a certain way, and it's just not being met that way. So in a kind of shout back to previous episodes, um, again, this finds us going back to the why. Why do we want to expand a ministry team? <laughs> why do we want to hire a person? Because um, we recognize there's, there's, there's benefits to hiring someone, having somebody dedicated, like this is their job. Um, but there's challenges that come along with that, too. And if you don't know the why of what would make you move that way, um, you, you might be heading to some some tough um, conversations and, and things you have to wrestle through together as a group.
1: Right. And the being on the same page, like what you said, is huge. Like it, Not just for youth ministry. Uh, let's just choose somebody coming into children's ministry or uh, some kind of position like that where you're going to be involved formally with... Uh, the Christian education of the students in your church um, in some way, shape or form. There's a lot of different ideas of what that looks like, right? Um, One of your responsibilities as a church that your church might give you is uh, helping coordinate and kind of spearhead VBS, like in in the winter, right? When you're starting to look at the summer ministry and starting to pick curriculum, figure out a theme, uh, start talking to potential volunteers, right there's there's that element of it, and that's important if that's part of your church's ministry. But at the same time, other people might have a different definition of what your job is. like, well, right now they need to be helping with Sunday school because that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. right? And all of a sudden, anything that's children ministry related starts getting piled on this individual's plate where it, you know, everything from doing something like, coordinating VBS to going to paint one of the Sunday school rooms, right? There's things that they are capable of doing that only they can do versus things that really should be passed around just the general church. So coming up with what your needs are and being on the same page that when the need arises, you know, who to ask, is this something to bring up to this person in the staff position, or is this something that we could take
0: care of on our own? But, and knowing the needs yeah, of your ahead. church, too, is also going to speak to the, um, the philosophy and ministry of the church. So, for example, in the congregations that you were talking about that say that we don't have a youth ministry, if they were to consider, um, which I understand this is probably not the top of their priority of, of hiring a staff for youth ministry, uh, they're going to have to evaluate, like, what do we want to prioritize? we could prioritize a discipleship ministry where we train and equip students to be released, ready to go out into their community, into their schools, into the future, knowing the gospel, knowing Jesus, and having the tools they need to share, um, Mm, which is a great thing. But if they're at a place where they have no students in their congregation, and that's the way they go, how are they going to get the students? So the other option would be, we want someone who's going to be very evangelistic themselves, very outreach oriented, who's going to want to get into the schools, going to want to be present in the community. They might be lighter in the discipleship capability, but we need to get students first to like recognize mm-hmm. the church and to be plugged into the congregation. And maybe that comes later on with a volunteer that's gifted in discipleship. Um, so you really need to identify what are we going after? And I think that this is a step that sometimes gets missed because a congregation either uh, a, they have a, a person who has left the youth ministry, and so they're looking to fill this position, um, not considering how has our ministry goals changed since we last hired, um, and do did this last emphasis work out, do we need to do any adjustment and allow like them to look for candidates that fit that bill, mm-hmm. um, or you could have a congregation that just thinks, man, if we just had a youth worker, then our problems could be solved. Um, yeah, because we know complex. of all these other churches that have these and it seems to be doing a great thing. And, and so both of those aren't really super healthy responses. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure we're dedicating time and thought into um, the process.
1: Yeah. And
0: I want to recognize the flexibility that's involved with that as well because
1: when you're talking about somebody going out into say the schools or wherever wherever those young kids are at these days, um, you're talking a lot about coffee shop ministry or going to a skate park or going to a lot of activities or schools or something like that, that looks a lot different, right? So uh, that is going to require you as a church to be a lot more flexible in understanding, like, we have somebody that's officially on staff, but they don't have office hours, right? And that's that's kind of a, a significant hurdle to try and overcome because office hours is what we're very much used to right now, Um so I guess, Jordan, a word of encouragement for somebody that might be in a church that's like that, that's trying to figure out how to be flexible in that capacity. Do you have anything to encourage them with or anything that leaps to mind?
0: Um, I would say, you know, don't be afraid to to try to reason with and give the rationale behind it. You know, um, ministering to students is different to today than it was a generation ago, just because the culture of teens is changing every couple of years. You know, I mean, even year to year, you can tell huge differences of what they're facing and different things like that. And we're not in a culture right now where the church is attractive uh, by itself to students. And we can go then to an attractional ministry where we try to make the church the central hub. But when we do that, you're in competition with, the next cool thing that happens down the street. And it's only a matter of time before something wins out. Uh, right. So a, a more strong approach is going to be that relational pursuit, but relationships take time. And if you're going to go where the students are, that's going to be depending on your group, very different. You know, it might be a lot of volleyball games. It might be a lot of football games. If you have a huge homeschool group, it might be a robotics club. Not to say that only homeschool kids do robotics, but uh, just <laughs> there are they're maybe not as much, team sport oriented some of those options are more limited right but and and to go there recognizing too it's not just for the students although that matters it's it's also opportunities to connect with the parents to be seen in the community and and the hard thing is is that we can be so results oriented and results are good Uh, we want to recognize that we also want to recognize results are up to the holy spirit and jesus in a large sense but it, it it's kind of like I've heard it said, I go out on to with a student for coffee, you know, 30 times, and we might not get into anything really deep the first 29 times, but that 30th time mm-hmm. might be the time that they really bare their soul. And so you recognize you do the 29 for the sake of that last one, yeah. and it, it can take a long time. But if you're not investing the groundwork up front, building these connections, showing that you're able to be uh, connecting to the student and and a known face, then that's going to be really hard to have those conversations later on down the road. And I feel like we've kind of departed a little bit from (laughs) the figuring out what you want as a church, but just recognizing like this is, you know, there's value to this. And I I would say pitch it in those terms uh, so they can look and see what the big picture, the long-term goal is. Right. Well, I would say
1: that we're, Safely in the suburbs
0: of the topic
1: here, we're just kind of off in the the weeds a little bit, but not too far off track. I think a big part of this as well, uh, as you start to look at this, is to evaluate you know whether or not your church has its own mission statement right now, and this is something we've talked about as well. But is your church unified in what we're trying to accomplish? And if your church has a vision statement or a mission statement, I would wager that uh, you know I don't know every church that's out there but i would wager that it resembles very much matthew 28 where jesus tells us to go and make disciples that's the mission of every church now they'll package and word that differently but it all revolves essentially any healthy church is going to revolve around making disciples and that requires a little bit of ingenuity right with the culture we're living in right now where you are saying that um, things are different year after year Uh, i think especially post-covid things are different even month after month You know, um, for a while there in early 2020, it just felt like you were waking up and you just wondered like, man, how is the world going to be different today? And even in the midst of a different world, whatever your world looks like today, as you listen to this, the gospel remains the same. Mm -hmm. And the mission of Jesus and the the mission of the church to make disciples remains consistent. And we have an opportunity then, as we fulfill that mission, to be that source of consistency, and, you know, having staff in some shape or form uh, really helps with that. And speaking to you as uh, if, as a pastor uh, to maybe another pastor who's listening to this, right? Me to you, um, you got to get everybody rowing in the same direction. Um, you have to, and Jordan, you and I just went through a little bit of training from Fuller Youth Institute that was talking about um, good leadership is prone, uh, good leadership looks like you're Basically, delegating as much as you can to other people, so that you are are not being overwhelmed and burned out. Uh, and as a pastor, I think a lot of our smaller churches right now, thinking of our own fellowship, but we've got a lot of pastors that are doing the youth ministry, that they're doing an excellent job at it. But it would be even stronger if there was more people on board instead of just just the pastor. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so so I think I'm, that... trying to, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be careful here and trying to be encouraging but it's being on the same page with your mission. And if your church doesn't have a mission statement to maybe take some time and figure out what that is before you proceed forward with looking for more staff.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that alludes to another factor too, that we want to bring up, but that would be recognizing that ministry is best when it's done as a team. Mm. And this goes back to what we talked about before too, when we were talking about uh, a discipleship approach with the students, recognizing Ephesians four is, is one of the calls that we have to recognize that we've been gifted to the church for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So we see that passing on to students. But another layer of that is that we're also called to the congregation to equip the members of the congregation to be involved in ministry, because our our ministry to students and teens is bigger than any one youth leader as well. Mm-hmm. We look at Meaningfully connecting with students and recognizing like we all have our limitations. And, and I know we've talked about this before. Uh, Dan, I, I don't think you thought that you were like the hero of every person in your youth group. And I know I'm not the hero of every person in my youth group. Uh, we've got students in, in our church that I, I would say that I've connected with. I don't know how great of a relationship we have, you know. And I think that's that's fairly natural because we have different interests. So someone's going to come up and talk about all these positions in football and how cool this was, or monster trucks. I just really, I'll smile and say, that truck looks cool, but I can't get Sports. into like the engine capacity <laughs> or whatever, right? Um, right? But you might have somebody in the church that that's like their second language. And so not only is a staff person, someone who can connect with students, but someone who can be, there to facilitate those relationships, and I'll admit that's something that I'm I'm trying to grow in. I need to grow in that area to recognize mm-hmm. that there's more people that need to be involved. Uh, but that same group that we got training from will will make this uh, statement that for every student that has five or more different adults speaking into their life in the church, that mm-hmm. has a significant. Uh, statistical correlation with them sticking around in the faith later on. And and I can see why, you know, you have that discipleship, that mentorship, um, just being known aspect. And so it takes mm-hmm. the whole church uh, to be involved with something like this. And so recognizing someone who could help coordinate that is a valid oppor- option to think about as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, I just think about the, it takes a village line, that was credited to Hillary Clinton back in 2016, but is actually the African proverb of just taking taking this village to raise a child, and that's very much kind of uh, that's very much what your youth ministry is yeah. looking at, and very much not just your youth ministry. And I, I know we keep coming back to youth ministry because that's the world where we're in, Jordan. But and it's true recognizing that your church may be in a different spot right now. Um, you know, just to be touching base to to take time to have this kind of conversation, not even just taking time, intentionally making time to have conversations where you even outside of your normal meeting schedule, where you say, meetings are awful, right? By and large part, especially when nothing super important is being talked about, but this is important and we're gonna make time and it's gonna be sitting down at a cafe or we're going to, maybe you, you get a bunch of pizzas and you cater something in at church and say we're going to have just like an evening a time in the evening where we are going to have this kind of conversation where we look at what the needs are of our church the needs of our the needs are for our community and how we can cast a vision for the future and to try and see if it's realistic for us to bring on some kind of help whether that's volunteer or part-time or full-time or whatever and i we brought up molly earlier this episode right because she was one who started as a volunteer. But mm-hmm. as her church grew to see the need and as um, that mission and vision for that youth ministry, the student ministry grew, she eventually grew into the position she's at now where she's full time. You know. And, and praise the Lord for that advancement and that, that vision as well. Uh, but also, word of encouragement for me, and I'll, I'll be done with this point, but um, just because you don't have a full time staff or can't afford somebody full time staff doesn't mean that you're not doing effective ministry. Right. right. Your your effective ministry is not limited to what you can afford. Jesus did effective ministry, and he was being robbed all throughout his ministry. So um, be encouraged that ministry... Yeah, what's that? I just said Judas. Stinking Judas. Be encouraged, though, because you can make disciples regardless of office hours, regardless of finances or anything like that. It is a relationship, and that is what we're trying to encourage
0: you with today. So...
1: Jordan, you want to land the plane here or yeah. do you have anything else to
0: add? I would just say, too, um, if you're listening to this as a member of a congregation that is looking at hiring staff, but just not thinking that you can get there yet, I just want to encourage you, too, to recognize that whatever work God has called you to, he will provide for. And if that yeah. is going to have a staff, um, trust in his provision for that. And if you're not able to find somebody... Um, that likely means that there's something that's already there and it just requires us to to take a good look at it. So, be encouraged that the Lord is walking with you through this process because, honestly, He wants youth to be made disciples of even more than you do. And He wants your church to be spreading His kingdom even more than you do. So, He is on your side. So, with that, I pray that I would encourage you as you consider um, the needs of ministry and what that looks like in your local context and congregation and I hope that you will be encouraged, like I said, just a few moments ago, because I'm Mr. Repetitive today, Uh, but that you also stay tuned as we finish out our discussions throughout this month, talking about this process together. So with that, may you go in peace and serve the Lord.
1: Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.